0: This is Nobius Job Search Advice Radio, episode 2324. I'm Jeff Altman, The Big Game Hunter, and welcome. It's Wednesday, which means it's interview day. I'm doing an interview with Fred Joyle, the author of Super Bowl, From Underconfident to Charismatic in 90 Days, and I must tell you, I really enjoyed this interview. It inspired me to do a series of videos on YouTube about becoming more charismatic. So enjoy the interview. It is a good one. And it's going to change your perspective on some things. And if you order the book, I'll have a link to it in the show notes as well. And now, let's get going. So my guest today is Fred Joyle. Fred is the author of Super Bold, Super Bold. And it's from underconfident to charismatic in 90 days. And for many of you, it's an important thing for you to work at because you've been beaten up for so long that you don't realize you've been beaten up. So Fred is someone who I think you may know one of his businesses, 1-800-DENTIST. 1-800-DENTIST. And he's also dabbled in stand-up and improv and acted in bad movies and in great TV commercials. Which commercials have you been in? My own. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Perfect. And he's play, he played and beat Richard Branson at chess on the island and was also an answer to a Jeopardy question. I love that part of the book. And that's really part of what we're talking about, how you stand out from everyone else Fred, thanks for making time to, to talk to everyone today. I really appreciate it.
1: Sure. I'm excited to be here and uh, impart a little life wisdom or life tools that people can use. So,
0: And thus, it starts off with the question of super bold. Yes. What do you mean by super bold? And how would you translate that for someone? Uh, let's just start with super bold. What do you mean by being bold or super bold?
1: So boldness is confidence in action. It's you know, confidence is something you want to feel, but you have to take it into action. Bold people do stuff. They take chances, they take risks, they start businesses, they ask for raises, they introduce themselves to anybody they want to meet. And and super bold is to be able to summon that boldness whenever you want. And and people say, well, oh, you're they may be born that way you know that's that's the way they act i can't do that well i'm a bold introvert i started off in my life incredibly shy but i figured out ways to become as bold as i wanted to be now it took me way longer i've distilled it down to something somebody can learn much more quickly and then keep on working it the rest of their life
0: that's really cool because so often i'll speak for myself yeah, you know, I grew up as a lower middle class kid in the Bronx. And I used to talk like Sylvester Stallone, you know, on a bad mm-hmm. day. is the way I used to talk. And uh, I got to college, I was treated like an idiot. I can't imagine why, you know? No, and, it's, it's strange. <laughs> and in, in making conscious choices, I didn't want to be that way. I knew I had to work at it. And my first interim step was a phony British accent. I realized how ridiculous I sounded, you know, talking through New York like this. And eventually just changed my speaking style one more time to where it is now. Practice will help people get better. Uh, So I get where you're coming from because, you know, I've lived my version of this.
1: Yeah, well, you you've done stuff to change yourself. And that's all this is really about is like somebody has to decide they want to be more confident. They want to act with boldness. They want to be able to summon that when they whenever they need it, whenever they want. Uh I, I can't make somebody want to change. I can't make them want to change by reading the book. They got to read the book and go, yeah, this is who I want to become. And I'll show them exactly how to do it. I'll I'll show them a fast and simple way to keep expanding their comfort zone wider and wider and wider till they, they really achieve their dreams. And, you know, their dream may be a better career. It may be a better relationship. Why wouldn't it be all of those things? You know, so.
0: It it should be. And I'm going to pick on one word in your subtitle, charismatic. And I love that word because I know when employers hire, competence is only one thing they look for chemistry confidence yep. uh, chemistry maybe a little bit of charisma self-confidence they they want someone who cares but that word charisma i'm always asked about gee i don't think i'm really charismatic how do i become charismatic
1: well that's 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 what boldness does when somebody is bold enough when they're confident just in a, in a way that just radiates from them. That's all that charisma is, is somebody just feeling so good about themselves that they attract people. And they're very positive people. They're, they're trying to make stuff better. They're they really comfortable making other people feel better about themselves. And that's a lot of what I talk about in the book is it's it's not just being bold. It's like being bold in a, in a way that up, uplifts other people As you're achieving your dreams, because that's, that's going to be the most satisfying life. And when you do that, in some of the things I have very specific ways that I talk about how, for example, you make somebody that you're talking to feel like they're the only person in the room. That's a life skill. You can learn that. But when you do that, people never forget you. And they, they go, they'll say, yeah, I, I, I met Jeff you know, like five years ago. Yeah, really interesting, charming guy. Love the guy. You may not have said five words to them, but you asked them a whole bunch of questions about their life, right? And you showed that you were totally interested in them and only them at that moment. And that made the huge impression. That's what charisma is. Charisma is this magic that occurs when you exude confidence and you care and are really
0: interested in people. Bill Clinton was really good, or actually is really good at that. And if memory serves me right, I got an experience of him at one point where he captivated everyone he met with. Wanna share that story? Yeah,
1: so this was in, he was fundraising uh, to, for his first campaign. It was at a, a, a large home in, in Beverly Hills and there were several hundred people there and he would meet people one at a time, and he would lock on to them, and and that you could tell that they and and it would be thirty seconds. That's all. He's shaking their hand. He's he's asking them something, or they're saying something, and you know. And I remember this this one woman had come up to him and said, you know, uh, my brother died in the Gulf War, and and you know, people have forgotten about that. And he looked right at her and he said, I haven't forgotten. So he listened to, to exactly what she said. And he thought about what would be the most connected thing he could say to her. And she, and she was in tears. She turned away. She was in tears. And so I really believe that's part of why he got elected is he could, he, he could exude that charisma one person at a
0: time and then eventually to large audiences. It's funny, one of one of the pat phrases um, that he would say is, I feel your pain. And in retrospect, because we're many years removed from his presidency, he really gave you the feeling that he felt your pain. Yeah. And for interviewers or for interviewers, they're looking for any sort of a connection with the person opposite them. Yeah, and, on, and often, you know, everyone's a little robot there, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. This is, and this is a guy that had to uh, to admit his infidelities to the world back when back when it mattered. Apparently, uh, you know, uh, and but but that's it's the same thing for any one of us. It's it's for you and me. I, I'm we're gonna talk about stuff that matters to me, and hopefully I'm going to find things that matter to you that that I can, and, and that people who are listening are going to go, yeah, that that resonates with me, uh, and, and I do want to become bolder. I want to be bolder for that reason, and that's part of what I tell people. It's like this isn't just so you're the life of the party. It's because there are going to be these moments that these opportunities come up you're going to get one chance and it's going to be brief and you're not going to want to hesitate because if you do, you're going to regret it the rest of your life. It will be create a turning point in your life that you will miss. And it may be somebody that you meet that could be a connection for work. It could be a relationship. It could be giving a eulogy for a close friend or a parent. And you and I, so many people, I'm, I'm at... Funerals often, unfortunately, as you get older and older. And and there are people who, who I know are close to these people. They won't get up and say anything. I've read eulogies for other people because we are all like, I'm not a good public speaker. It's like you want to be able to get up and say what you feel about that person. You're going to get one chance at that. And life is full of these things. You want to be the one that stepped up, that, that didn't stop yourself. And, and that's what boldness is. Bold people do not stop themselves. They act, they, they, they take a shot, they go out, they put themselves out there. They don't worry about rejection or embarrassment or any of those things. And that's the
0: difference. And folks, if you take away anything from this conversation, and you're going to take away more, but I want you to hear that statement again. Bold people don't stop themselves from acting. As so that's many the key. Do. Yeah. So yeah. many people. I'm afraid. Ooh.
1: People yeah. might laugh at me. Or I'll be embarrassed. Mm. I might fail. Oh, really? How did you think you learned to speak English or or walk? We
0: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: <laughs> So, I mean, it's like bold people go like failures are just, that's a stairway up for them. It's like I bumped into that wall and that wall and that wall. I, oh, I got through. I found the door. You know, that's, that's the difference. And the, the thing about underconfident people and people who tell themselves they're shy or, or people who hesitate is they're really good at coming up with what could happen that's bad or interpreting it as bad. What, what, they can think of all the bad things that might happen, what they're terrible at. It's calculating the odds of those things actually happening. You know, They think it's like 90% chance it's gonna happen, and it's like two, right? Bold people go, I don't even have to calculate the odds because I'm gonna, I'm gonna deal with
0: whatever happens. So what can people start to do to become more bold, more charismatic? What sort of actions can they practice in order to start moving the needle knowing that it's going to take time.
1: Yeah, so the, the way my book is structured is I, I talk about the mindset and I talk about some some social skills and communication tools, and then I dive into a whole series of exercises, five levels of boldness muscle exercises that you're going to do from, from wherever you are. You could be a total shy closet case kind of person that just, you know, like, you can't look people in the eye right i'm going to i'm going to start you wherever you are and move you up and up and up at a pace you can handle but you're going to start to do exercises that are many of them are aimed for failure it's like you're going to you're going to smile at people until somebody doesn't smile back and then you're going to go nothing bad happened they just didn't smile back you have and and it's i want you to register that you have no idea what headspace that other person is in. That could be the worst day of their life. They could have just gotten fired, just gotten divorced. Their blood sugar could have plummeted or whatever. You don't know. So why are you taking it on? Why are you worried about, oh, people people are going to think this about me? It's like, why do you care? What's, why would their opinions matter to you? You don't know them, right? So... I'm going to have you start doing simple things like smiling at people. Then maybe introduce yourself to a stranger every day, with no agenda. It's a, it's a. You're just going to. You may, you may just say hi. Just wanted to say hi. Just wanted to say that that hat looks righteous on you, and and you know you should wear it every day. You know, um, or whatever. I, I call it doing a drive-by compliment. Right? You do it. You have no expectation, no agenda, and what people feel. You've got you got no ulterior motive. They they just glow with it. Again, this is part of being charismatic. Is you you you're generous with your praise, with your compliments, with with your your uh, uplifting voice. And when you do that, people it it becomes magical. You feel like like wow. I'm it's it's like you're walking around touching people with a wand. You know, because a complete stranger has, has gone out of their way to say something nice to them. And, and then I'm going to build you up. You're going to start to do crazier and crazier things as the exercises go up. I'm going to have you, every time you see an employees only sign, you're going in, right? Because you're going to find out nothing bad happens. If it's unlocked and you go in, nobody's going to beat you to death on the other side right? Nobody's going to arrest you. Half the time, nobody's going to say anything because they think you belong there. This is, this is the other thing I want to drive home. Um, and it's not really in the book, but I say it to people all the time. It's like, I want this to be your mantra. I belong everywhere. I belong everywhere. There's nowhere where I don't belong. It's a choice to feel like you don't belong. So choose to feel like you belong wherever you are. You could be, I've been in, I've, I've met billionaires, okay? Guys who who, who who will make more money than if I lived to, a, you know, 500, I couldn't catch up to them. And I, I treat them like people. I've been in situations where I'm, I'm the worst dressed, like I'm the most underdressed person there. I still belong there. You know why? Because I'm just a human being like everybody else. They're all just human beings. They may have a tux on and I may have jeans on. But I belong there because I'm there and And because I told myself that.
0: And folks, I just want to remind you that what Fred's doing here is uh, defeating the programming you've gotten throughout a good part of your life with different tools and tactics, because when you think about school. I don't know what it's like in other countries. I went to school in the U.S. and basically the idea of the school was shut up and do what we tell you to do when we tell you to do it. Regurgitate the facts when we ask for the facts or else, or else you won't get a good grade and get into the college you want to get into. You'll be a bum. And it <laughs> progresses, you know, in college you won't get the good job. And then you find out when you get the good job, some you do a good job by being, you know, obedient and following instructions and doing people, doing what people tell you to do. And one day they fire you because the economy is sour and you go, What happened? I was doing a good job. And being a conformist doesn't really serve most of the time, does it?
1: No, I mean, that's why when you're in that job and you're doing it in the conformist way, you see somebody else get a promotion. You see somebody else get a raise. You see somebody else move to a different business and th- with a better job. You see them start their own business. And you're like, how is this happening? It's like it's happening because you're not conforming. They're not, they're not waiting for somebody to tell them yes. They're waiting. To, they're not stopping themselves till somebody says no. And then sometimes they, they take it as not yet and they try to find their way through anyway. So, and, and sadly, as you say, this stuff is, it's not taught in school. You're, you are not taught even, you're not taught how to shake hands and make eye contact, right? You're not taught how to introduce yourself to anybody you wanna meet, but why the heck not? Why, why wouldn't that be a life skill? We got to we got to spend like two days learning how to drive a car, then take the test and another two weeks to learn how to actually physically drive it. And somebody's going to check to see if we know how that but but know how to meet somebody that you would like to meet, know how to talk like a normal person, know how to show you're interested in them. Nobody teaches you that.
0: Agreed. I was thinking this story about Steven Spielberg uh, as a young man and how he really got launched in the movie business. He was on a tour and he wore a suit that day and carried a briefcase. And one day he hopped off the tour bus and he walked into one of the studio buildings and just started working on his movie. And no one challenged him. (laughs) And he did this for a month before someone noticed him. And they said, what are you doing? He said, I'm working on a movie. Like, how did you get in here? And he told them. (laughs) The door was open. Yeah. Basically, and yeah. the beauty in the story is, uh, if you've seen his movies, his his company's called Amblin, yeah. And that was the name of the first movie he worked on, Amblin. Now, yeah. I think it's a hokey movie. Maybe I'm looking at it from older <laughs> eyes, but he, he was like 16 years old at the time doing this.
1: Right. He did make Schindler's List, so you know. You can, yeah. uh, he's
0: got he's got some sophistication to him. Yeah, we got that. <laughs> But fundamentally, for those of you um, who hold back, what's the risk for you to do things differently? What might happen?
1: So, Well, is that a classic example of I belong here or yeah. not? I just <laughs> went, I'm here. I, be- I must belong here. So. Right.
0: And I got the suit to prove it. Yeah. <laughs> so can you give us a couple of exercises that people can do? I know you mentioned smiling, which I'm pretty good at.
1: Yes, you are. Yeah, yeah. But a lot of people aren't. A lot of people, are, they're stingy with their smiles. I smile at everybody. I talk to anybody in an elevator. I just start, I'll say something. I'll, I'll, you know, the guy that just got out with too much cologne on, I'll turn it to the person. I'll go, that was quite a bit of cologne and they'll go oh my god I thought it was me I but yeah but yes that's that is amazing I said yeah I, I think this some on me still you know or and you just have this little exchange talk to strangers that's like you would pretend you're not five years old anymore talk to strangers um, and and interact with without an agenda, but you know, then there's little exercises. Another typical Hold it! Hold example. it!
0: Interact without an agenda. <laughs>
1: say more about that. Well, you know, when they say, "Oh, you're going to network, you're going to meet people," it's the worst motivation to walk into a room of people that you may want to know. What you should do is you walk in in there and say, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna make." five people in this room feel really good about themselves. and I'm gonna find out something really interesting about those five people. That should be your agenda. I, you know, as I said before, you, you can have a conversation with somebody and all you and, and this is one of the key rules, power tools of life. Ask good questions. and, and when when somebody says something interesting, you don't try to top it. You go tell me more about that. If they say, I like the people do this all the time. Somebody will say, I was, I just got back from Rome, and they'll say, Oh yeah, I was in Rome five years ago. I saw the Rolling Stones at the Colosseum. And, you know, and it rained, and it was like, it was like, I can't top that. I just, I just drank espresso and walked around in Rome. So it's like, so you've, you've imbalanced the conversation instead of going really. What was your favorite part of Rome? Tell, tell, I, I, I want to go back and I want, if I miss something, I want you to tell me what that would be. And you and see the, the nature of the question. I'm eliciting them to talk more about themselves. And I'm, I'm locked on, I'm locked on like Bill Clinton, right? I'm like, I'm, I'm attending to them. I am listening actively to what they have to say. And I'm not waiting to tell them something. I'm not trying to be funnier than them. I'm not trying to be smarter than them. I'm not trying to correct them. I, I can correct anybody's grammar that I'm talking to you. Do you think that would endear me to them if I did that?
0: <laughs> I don't think so. And, and I wanna translate you know, one of the outcomes of this because often people don't understand why this is a great thing to do. One of the things I learned as a headhunter was the more they talk on the interview, The more they like you. Yeah. So every time you're there, basking in their magnificence, listening to everything that they're saying, as though it was the most important words that could ever be uttered by a human being on the planet. They like you more. Doesn't mean necessarily you'll get hired, but you're you're getting ahead of the situation by being the one that they like and are interested in because you were willing to listen and made them feel important instead of yourself feel important
1: true yeah 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 that's they're coming away and they'll say she was great i i loved meeting her she was so interesting and then you and they know nothing about her because she was just great at asking asking questions and making them feel like they're the most important person in the room and they just go, she's amazing. You got to meet her. This is what this is all what you don't plan for, and you can't really strategize. Is your boldness and your charisma when it radiates all the a lot of the interesting stuff comes completely out of left field. I I think I think it happened to me yesterday that that I was walking around this trade show with with somebody and. This, this man recognizes me, starts to tell, comes over, talks to me, starts to tell me that the woman who he's with, you need to know this guy, right? He says he, he knows more about marketing in this industry than anybody. And she's like, I am, how, how is it that I've never heard of you? And I said, I don't know, right? But, but he, I let him, he, and before I was done, she was ready for a full-on marketing consultation with me. Because I had connected with him three, four years ago and 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 really just did exactly that. I I was just interested in his story. I didn't tell him that much about me. He sort of knew who I was. But what I did was he thought he considers me like an icon in my industry. So the fact that I talked to him at all, he was so happy about the fact that I listened to him and remembered what he said and all of that, even remembering his name, which is Hey, one of the things that people, when they're anxious and they don't relax in a conversation, they forget the people's names. Use their name, say their name, say it again. The next time you see them, know it. Those things, people love their names. This is not a mystery, right? But we get if if you forget it, you say, look, you, you told me such an interesting thing that I forgot your name. Please remind me of your name one more time. Right. You you embedded a compliment in the request instead of going, ah, I'm really bad with names. because you tell me your name again? Right. It's like that's like you're you're so unimportant. I didn't register anything about you, including your name. Right. That's when you say it that way. You're Saying, less
0: important than a Social Security number. That's what you say, because everyone right? knows the Social Security number. Right, right. You know, Those ridiculous numbers arbitrarily chosen. But I
1: can't remember yeah. names. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah, you can remember all of these digits. You know, half and some people remember the whole credit cards and and everything like that. So and, and the secret you got to remember the secret code and all that. So what what I I do is with the exercises is you you just start to do them. You do them every day. Now there's a method I call the Pride Method, which is a five step method for Doing exercises and building your boldness, you can also use it in real situations, but you're going to use it in the exercises to figure out what bold people already know, which is 99% of the time, nothing bad happens. And very often, something good happens. Uh, and, and hey, everything good in my life, I, I can probably attribute to some act of boldness somewhere along the line either the, the job I got, the business I'm in, the relationships I have, the friends I have, uh, all just like, I you know, I, I have a lifelong friend that I met the first day of college. It was just because I decided to talk to him because he, he was from the South. He had a, an interesting accent, he was from Louisiana. And we just started chatting with him. One of my best friends still to this day, because I just, I didn't sit there saying, I, you know, I, I'm shy. Right. What this is, the thing is, I always attack people who say I'm shy. It's like, no, you behave in a shy way. You're you're tall or you're short or you're heavy or you're skinny or you're blonde or you're brunette. That's what you are. You are not shy. You are behaving in a shy manner. And I'll bet you can come up with 20 times when you didn't behave shyly at all. You were at Thanksgiving dinner with all your friends and family. And you, there was nothing shy about you. You were screaming at the football game. You're, you know, you're making fun of your cousin. So you're not shy. You're just, you act shy sometimes. Unfortunately, when it matters most that you shouldn't, you know, there's a whole bunch of people who are confident until it matters. Until, it, until, it, until the time they actually have to step up. That's what Super Bowl is, is like you step up. You never stop yourself, but when it really matters, that's when you bring it.
0: And you, you mentioned as one of the exercises smiling. Another one was going through the door for employees only uh, and really focusing on the person that you're speaking with as examples of three exercises. You want to offer one or two more? Sure. Um, one of the things
1: that, and this is just a, a a silly thing, wear a Band-Aid on your face, like like right here or like right across your forehead, wear it all day, right? And embrace that sense that you go like, people are looking at me because you need to let go of the fact that people are thinking about you all the time and that that matters. You know, I can remember being a teenager and like, I have a pimple and it's like, I can't go out of the house, why? Why would that make any difference? Somebody look at me and go, he's got a pimple. It's not permanent, but he clearly has a pimple. So what? Uh, and so that the Band-Aid makes you realize that your self-consciousness is self-administered and you wanna defeat it. I actually, I did this lecture to uh, talking about Super boldness to uh, uh, about 500 high school kids, um, and and they were they were really dialed in. It was really great. They were extremely respe- receptive. And then after lunch, I came back from lunch, and five of the kids had band aids on their face, right? <laughs> and I said, and they were, and other people were like, "Where did you get band aids? I want to do that." It was like they had somehow they found like a you know the. The, the first aid kit in the, in, the, in the school and grab some band-aids. And it was like, yes, yes, you're getting it. So it's just, it, it's so you, you know, there's so many insights that change how you do this. One is that people are not thinking about you anywhere near as much as you think they are. Who are they thinking about? Themselves. They're, right, they go right. They think about you for three to eight seconds, and then they go back to their favorite subject. Right, so do, stop worrying about this so much. I, one of the exercises I have in the book is to make a list of all the people that you know and rank on a scale of one to ten how much their opinion should matter to you. Not how much it does, because you, you you could be out of control. And how much you how much should it? on a scale of one to 10. And I guarantee you, if you, if there's more than five people that rank 10, I would be amazed. And the rest of the people should be a one or a two, maybe a three. Man, a whole bunch of them should be a zero, right? Because who's, you know, your mentor should matter to you. Your spouse should matter to you. your Your siblings should matter to you. Your boss should matter to you after that, why are you so worried about these people's opinions of you? First of all, are they right about you? <laughs> are they Are they? They're taking a snapshot and they're making a decision? I mean, people are judging people by social media, by the best pictures they could possibly be posting of themselves um, or and even retouching them instead. of. And they're going, oh, I know this guy. You know, it just happens to me. People say, oh, I met this actor. He was a total jerk. I said, oh really, you know that he's a total jerk because he didn't say hi to you. So you understand him as a human being, right? And you understand that deep down, he's a jerk, right? It's like, we we do this. So why would you worry about that person's opinion? When you learn to discard those opinions, you're
0: unstoppable. And folks, I wanna translate this into interviewing for a moment. Practicing this shift, makes you more powerful on interviews. If you act like a sheep on an interview, there's other sheep with comparable skills that are going to come in and be interviewed. And if everyone is a sheep, there's nothing for the hiring manager to choose between because you're (laughs) all pretty similar. But if you are magnificent, if you are super bold, yes. you're cutting to the front of the line for a lot of people. Some people you may overwhelm. It happens. But the idea is you're like a product. They put colors on these product boxes, right? They yep. want the, the colors are designed to attract people and your personality is the color in the commentary that's going to make you stand out from everyone else.
1: Yeah. And it, and you say, Oh, I I don't want to be too much. Oh, so you want to be not enough. Is that what you're aiming for? I would rather be too much in some situations and be able to dial it back. than be not enough and never get a chance to dial it up because that's what happens when you're, when you're hesitating, when you know, hesitation is the opportunity killer. That's, you know, in life, in, in, in your career. If, if you see somebody that could advance your career, now they may not be able to hire you or something like that, but th- you may be able to say, I'm really thinking of, of, of moving into, uh, you know, the, the marketing department. I, you know, I know I've been in sales for a while, but I feel like I could be in marketing. And I, and I know you're, you're the head of a marketing at this company, what qualifies, what, what, would it, what does it take to qualify? How'd you get there? And you interrogate them. You go like, oh, w- when did you know that you wanted to do it? What, you know? When did, when did you feel like you had a grip on it? What, what resources did you use? What are they gonna think about you? They're thinking, I, if I had a business, I'd, I'd hire this guy, right? Or the, I'd hire this woman. She's, a, she's so curious about getting better that I want are working for me. Or I'm going to, the next time somebody says, because this happens to me all the time too. I I, I got three emails right now. Do you know a person who does blank, right? Where I know somebody who needs one. That's how 80% of the jobs you're going to get are going to come from those things. So it's about, did you make an impression? Did you seem intelligent, curious, interested, charismatic? Because that they're going to remember you, and they're going. Somebody says, I- "I'm looking for a, you know somebody in my marketing department. I need somebody who's r- willing to grow. Because I got a marketing director. She needs a right hand, and you go. I know exactly who that is. I met him two months ago. Let me find
0: his name. You know it, that's what happens. It's funny because you know we talk about the smile at the beginning. What makes people think someone is self confident? A smile, a twinkle in the eyes, right? Uh, and, you know, if, if you're deadly serious, you may be extremely competent, but is there anything for people to really attach to? Is there a yeah. likability factor? Other, you know, you're demonstrating great competence, obviously, but the smile, the twinkle, it, it shifts the conversation to human from the, I'm going to hammer my knowledge into your head until it, your, the skull just explodes. Does not work,
1: does it? Well, you know, one of the things I talk about, I have a list of things of what not to do when you're doing social interaction. And I talked about some of that, about, you know, playing top this. And, you know, I, I, got, I got a better story than you or trying to be funny. If you're funny, be funny occasionally. But again, that makes it a competition. Somebody's got to be funnier than you. Why not go, that's the funniest thing I ever heard, even if it isn't. Somebody let somebody else be funny. But the, the thing that, that underconfident people and, and shy people do is when somebody finally lets them talk, they unload, they go into a monologue, a, an unbroken stream because they're, they're, they're not shy. They're just hesitating. And when somebody finally lets them talk, they can't stop. They're like, they, they're, it's, a, it's this stream of, of, of consciousness and, and there's no pause in between. It's really hard to listen to somebody do that, and it doesn't make you interesting. It doesn't matter how interesting what you say is. You didn't give them a chance to say, uh, uh, do you know, uh, tell me more about that, or that's interesting, or, or, you know, I didn't understand that, or I don't care. You didn't check to see if they care, right? You didn't notice that they were looking in three directions the whole time you were talking because you never took a break. The second you catch yourself monologuing, you need to shut up. You need to stop talking and and, and then say, I'm really passionate about that. And uh, you know, I'm sorry, I, so I, I go on, but, but tell me more about this trip to Rome you went on. Immediately ask a question. And you'll see the relief on their faces.
0: It's so true. It, it is <laughs> relief. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Fred, how can people find out more about you, Super Bowl, your work? How can they connect with you? Okay, so
1: fredjoyle.com is my website, J O Y A L. Yeah, thank you. So, uh, and it's, you know, just, you know, I have my name everywhere and it's my Facebook and my Instagram and all of that stuff. But the website is, is a place where you can find out a lot more about me and see, see uh, lectures I've done and articles that I've done. Uh, it's also, and and if you want to order the, it's going to be on Amazon. Of course it's, it's, it's there, it's in hardcover, it's in audio. It's me reading the audio and it's on Kindle as well. So it's in digital form. And if you go to other media like Barnes and Noble, it's there too. So you can get it those three ways. If you don't buy the book, the hardcover you can go to the website. Let's say you got the Kindle or the audio version. You're, you're listening to Audible. You want the exercises. So you can go to my website and download a PDF of the exercises. Um, you can also go to my website and, and, and download the first chapter if you want to do that. But I want you to physically have the exercises. And there's also journaling that you're gonna do in the book. The book is about taking action. It is not a novel. It is not something you read for entertainment. It is about changing your life. And that means you're gonna to have to do stuff. And the journaling helps you, and then the exercises are there. So for for you to do step by step. And you'll understand the pride method and all these other and the power tools of communication. All of this stuff is is there in the book. So, uh, fredjoyle.com. Go to Amazon to buy the book. Uh, you can even book uh, if you got a thirty. If you need thirty minutes, because you go like, no, no, I really am shy. I I can't get out of the house. I can't I can't look people in the eye, or or whatever. Or you say like I'm a CEO and I can't. I need to interact with people and I I stink at it. I'll, I'll do a half-hour consultation with you. Just book it. Go to my website and book it. I'll I'll talk you off the ledge. I'll, I'll get you out of the house.
0: <laughs> Excellent. Fred, this has been wonderful. Thank you. And folks, we'll be back soon with more. I'm Jeff Altman, The Big Game Hunter. Hope you enjoyed today's interview. If you're watching on YouTube or Spotify, click the like button, share it, do something. If, if you're listening to this in podcast form, share it as well. And visit my website, TheBigGameHunter.us, where I've got thousands of posts that you can watch, listen to or read that will help you in a variety of ways with job search, hiring more effectively, being a better manager and leader and dealing with different workplace-related issues. And if this isn't the time for you to do it, just put the address in your phone so when it is the right time, you can come back to it. Again, my name is Jeff Altman, and the site is TheBigGameHunter.us. Lastly, connect with me on LinkedIn at linkedin.com forward slash IN forward slash TheBigGameHunter. Hope you have a terrific day, and most importantly, be great. Take care.